0: Reading from Isaiah chapter 40. Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not faint. They shall walk and not faint. Shall run and not be weary. Shall walk and not faint. Father, add your blessings to the reading of your word and help it to be more than just words. Help it to be more than just a song that we might sing. Help us to live out this message. God, teaches us today. I pray as we take these few moments this morning that you will teach us how to wait in Jesus' name. Uh, if you do not have an outline of the sermon, please raise your hand. Brother Jonas to make sure that you have one. If you do not have an outline, please raise your hand. I want everyone to have an outline of the sermon. One of the things that I'd like for us to know as we study this this morning is that Isaiah, which was probably one of the greatest writers ever, Isaiah wrote through the time of Judah and Israel, and and then he even wrote from the fortieth chapter or to the sixty-six. By the way, there are sixty-six verses in this uh, wonderful book. Sixty-six books in the Bible, a chapter for every book in the Bible. Uh, he wrote it for those Israelites that were or were going into captivity, captivity. So. With that in mind, and we read the scripture, it is interesting how he challenges these people to believe that even though they would spend how many years in captivity? Seventy years. Can you imagine waiting seventy years? Nine months seems like a long time and you wait for a baby. A year seems like a long time when you get engaged or two years seems like a long time. Very short time seems like a very long time when you're going through a trial, especially like the Israelites when they were in captivity. And yet God says, I want you to be patient. Now, I don't pray for the Lord to give me patience. I don't. I pray for the Lord to... Teach me patience. There's a difference. I pray for the Lord to teach me patience. Read with me the introduction. There are times when it seems there is little energy in our spiritual sails. There are times when we feel defeated, deflated, and unable to rise above our circumstances. Can I hear an amen? You ever been there? We all have been there. Regardless of how low you may feel today spiritually, There is help in the Lord for you. In order for us, listen to this, to renew and gain new strength, to mount up with wings, with eagle's wings, to run and not get weary, to walk and not become faint, something must first happen. We must do something in order for the strength in this verse to come to pass in our lives. What is the key that unlocks the strength in this verse? Notice, The key to unlocking this verse is the word wait. I'm very impatient sometimes. I don't know about you, but I'm very impatient sometimes. And I want it to happen now. I want to get it now. I want to receive it now. And I want folks to get out of my way now. You know, I'm very impatient sometimes. But... uh, God's gonna teach us something this morning. Let's look first of all, and I've always, I love this verse and quoted it over and over again, but I never took note to go back up before this in verse 28. First of all, Isaiah says, there are certain things that we need to know. And I trust in 2016, you and I will get to know these things that God is challenging us to know, First of all, we need to know about God. Verse 28 talks about how awesome God is. I want to know about that. I want to know about his character. I want to know about his love. I want to know about him caring, as we sung this morning, caring for me. I want to know how he deals with man. I want to be open to that. Paul said, after serving God for years, he said that I might know him. So Isaiah, the great prophet Isaiah, says that he is an awesome God. You and I, he said, Pastor, been serving God a long time. I know about God. Do we? I I, I really believe that God desires for us to be well acquainted with him and understand who God is. As I said earlier, understand his character. So the things that we need to know, we need to know about God. Number two, we need to know about ourselves, that we are anemic, that there are times that we are weak. We are not self-sufficient. I'm not talking about being down. I'm not talking about talking negative. I'm talking about understanding who we are and there are times that we need God's strength and we need to realize we don't have it all together. We open the altar and a lot of times people will not respond to the altar because they don't want others to know they don't have it all together. But there are times none of us have it all together. There are times that we are weak and we need to recognize it. But we're strong in the Lord and I know that that side of it. But we need to understand that we are weak. And I want to ask you something this morning. Not only how many of us know ourselves, but how many of us are willing to recognize the needs in our lives? I don't need God. I don't need God. I don't need, I don't need Wednesday night. I don't need Sunday morning. I don't need to go to the altar. I don't, I don't need to pray. You know, all of these things, but we do need that and we need it desperately some uh, desperate sometimes we need to know about god we need to know about ourselves but we also need to know that god helps in the time of need his assistance he is available you know the thing about god he's not only awesome about us we're not only weak at times but god is he knows about our struggles we think we're all alone. We say, God, where are you? You're a thousand miles away. We, we need to know he understands our struggles and we need to know that God is able to help us in our struggles. I'll tell you something. There are times if God was not involved in, our, in my struggles, I couldn't make it. My wife and I have looked at each other lately over the past year since February and and, and other, and other things other than just our son. And we know, we know, we know that God is actively involved with our struggle. And no matter whether it's physical, no matter whether it's a spiritual struggle, no matter what it is, God is actively involved. So we need to spend some time in 2016 Spend some time during the holidays to find out who God is, find out who we are and get assurance to know that God is with us in our struggles. Look at the renewed strength that God has promised to give us. We all grow weary physically and we all grow weary spiritually. And there are times when we need spiritual strength. Here's the great thing about it. It's available it's available, it's there. And we need to, to grasp that. And God is present to provide strength for the weary. God is present to, to provide power for those who are weak. Number two, we can soar like eagles. We, You know, if I was gonna say this, like God this is God saying it, this is God speaking to us. If I was going to say this, if I was going to write this, I would not have written it the way it was written because I would start off not with flying and then go to running and then go to walking. I would have started off with walking walk, run, fly, walk, run, fly. He started off fly, run, walk, and I don't know why but 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 maybe when you're young, you can fly. Maybe when you're middle age you can run and then, and then and then when you get older, you walk. <laughs> but no matter what the age, no matter where you are in your walk with God and you're, and you're serving him, there he is. He helps us. he helps us to soar like eagles. We mount up with wings as eagles. We can have stamina for our race. I like to know that we can run and not grow weary. I watch young people today run and run. I just get tired watching them run. They run all the, you know, some kids run about everywhere they go. They're just running, running, running. And here we go. We get, you know, we just You know, one guy was telling, you know, you've always heard the saying how that the man uh, struggled. He grew up when it was, he had to go to school when the snow was a foot deep and walk in it. Didn't have good shoes. The struggle he had going to a a one room school. Then later on, the guy writes how when he was young, he had to get up and walk through shag carpet and Turn the TV, he didn't have a remote, he suffered. He, you know. Sometimes we, we, we need to understand no matter what stage, no matter where we are, God is always present and he helps us to soar like eagles. He helps us when we are running not to grow weary and then thirdly, he helps us to be steady in our walk. And I think more than anything, he's talking here spiritually. He's talking about how that we can walk and, and, and be steady in that walk, that we can run and we don't have to become weary and we can soar like eagles. How do we wait on the Lord? Because that's the secret. That's the secret, Terry. You know, what was it? At, at, at the 49th chapter of the book of St. Luke, uh, I'm sorry, the 49th verse in the 24th chapter of the book of St. Luke, Jesus, before he ascended, he told his disciples, he said, I want you to go, don't leave, here's what he said, don't leave the city until you are endued with power. He said, wait. In fact, the word he uses there is tarry. Tarry. And the only way that we're gonna receive this strength and this ability and all this power is for you and I to get to the place where we tarry, where we wait. Now I can hear, one say, hear someone say, now pastor, you have picked the busiest time of the season to tell me this. You know I don't have time to wait. I got shopping to do. I got decorations to put up. I've got visiting to do. I've got all of these things to do. And you're telling me today to wait. Slow down. Let's go back to Mayberry sometime. Let's just. I came out of the restaurant and uh, there were a lot of rocking chairs there. And there was a couple sitting in the rocking chair, just sitting there rocking. And I said, You know, that's something we don't do much anymore. Now, I know I saw George Myers use the rocking chair as not getting anywhere and worrying, using the rocking chair like worrying. But let me use, an, use it as another analogy. The rocking chair. I, I remember these days, and most of you are not as old as I am, but uh, I remember these days when you just sat on the porch and you rocked and you talked and you laughed and you enjoyed the weather. You enjoyed listening to the squeaking door. Most of you don't even remember. It, these, these were programs. We didn't have television. In fact, we didn't have electricity. I lived, when I was, when we were young, we did not have electricity. We had to use a lamp and a lantern. We listened, but when we got electricity, we had this radio and you, you just could have these programs that would come on and what I almost called the squeaky door. But we just rocked and relax, and things were a whole lot different. I am amazed at the sickness today that comes from not being able to relax before the Lord. The, the problems that people have but not turning things over to the Lord, and, tr- and that's what it's all about. It's trust, amen? Here's the way we can wait. First of all, with patience. We wait with patience, and the Bible says in Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding, and in all of your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. You know what this you know what this involves? Can I say this? It two words. It involves trust and it involves dependency. That song we sung earlier, leaning, leaning. Leaning involves trust. Leaning on the everlasting arm. He doesn't become weary. He does, he's not tired. And so we learn to trust him and lean upon him. It, 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 waiting takes patience. Number one, it takes patience. Then the, number two, precept, God's word. Romans chapter 15, verse 4. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now let me read the living there for just part of that. Here, Here it goes. Teach us that it might teach us patience and encourage us. Not give us patience, but teach us patience. You know how you're taught patience? Through the Word of God. That's how patience comes. So, first of all, we must have patience. Second of all, we must receive it through God's Word. I love these three verses. There are three of my favorite verses in the entire Bible and it's found in Psalms chapter one, verses one through three. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel, listen at me, of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law he what? Meditates. That's another word we might hear it once in a while the amplified says there habitually meditate that means to ponder that means to study meditates day and night he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season whose leaf also shall not wither and whatever he does shall what prosper, prosper. that's the man that's the woman that meditates, waits, studies, ponders upon God's Word. It works. This is not fairy tale stuff. We're not trying to get anyone to read the Bible and attend church and study God's Word and pray just to fill up time. It's important that we understand God's Word is powerful. So it's through patience, then it's through God's Word, and thirdly, it is through prayer. Matthew says, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone who asks, what? Everyone who asks, receives. This is God's word. It's powerful. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. How important it is. And then Philippians chapter, six, chapter four, be anxious for nothing but in everything, but in almost everything. Uh Uh-uh. Didn't say that, did it? But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which passes or surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Somebody say powerful. That's a powerful two verses. God is challenging us today. To learn to wait upon him. Uh, David Jeremiah just finished a study on Daniel. My wife ordered the book and it's, it's, it's quite eye-opening. It's powerful. The study of Daniel is very, very interesting. And the fact that this was a man that was at, 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 in his teens. Listen to this. Listen to me. In his teens was taken away from his country went to another country, had to go to another country, Babylon. And there he and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were put as uh, uh, somewhat leaders in in the country. But can you imagine, can you imagine the atmosphere of this ungodly, immoral country? Can you imagine being taken out of the atmosphere of of the nation of Israel, God's chosen people, transported over into the nation of Babylon? Can you imagine some of the struggles that they might have had? How did they stay true? How did Daniel face the lions, face Nebuchadnezzar, dare to trust God, Interpret dreams, stay spiritual in that atmosphere. You know, we're living in an atmosphere today. If you don't stay prayed up, you won't breathe spiritually hard, hardly. I mean, we're bombarded. If you watch any television, listen to radio, read any print, or listen to whoever talk mostly, it's, it's, it, it, it has nothing to do with God. You're laughed at. If you dare even. Believe what the Bible says and voice that. And after a while, it seems like spiritually it's closing in on your spiritual lungs. And that probably was the way it was with Daniel. How did he stay afloat? How did he breathe spiritually? How was he a spiritual man in the country and the nation of Babylon with Nebuchadnezzar the king? He prayed three times a day. Oh, but Brother Don, he had time to pray. I don't have time to pray three times a day. I don't have time to stop. I might have time to take my devotional and spend five minutes in, in my devotional and, and, and one minute in prayer, but I've got too much to do. Daniel was a busy man, but he chose, listen at me, to pray three times a day. What would happen to you and I if we, you know, went somewhere and prayed three times a day? There was an old song I, we used to sing, every time I do a deed I shouldn't do, every time I say a word I shouldn't say, let me tell you what I do, and it brings a blessing too, I just steal away somewhere and pray. I just steal away. I just steal away. I just steal away somewhere and pray. And I ask the blessed Lord to lead the way. I just steal away. I just steal away. I just steal away somewhere and pray. God is challenging us during this season and during 2016, he's calling us to some time that we'll wait, linger, tarry, steal away somewhere and pray and talk to him and let him talk to us. It's important. It's very important. Then I put some examples of those that, that that practiced waiting. Jacob, and by the way, Jacob, when he said this, Jacob was dying. In fact, this was his dying blessing. Jacob said, I have waited for your salvation, O Lord. I've waited for your salvation. Job practiced it. He practiced waiting. Notice what he says. If a man dies, shall he live again? All the days of my hard service, I will wait till my change comes. Daniel practiced it. Jacob practiced it. Job practiced it. Notice what David said in Psalms 37 and seven. Rest in the Lord. In fact, the Amplified there says, be still and rest in the Lord. What if I ask you to be still for five minutes? What? Be still, the amplifier says, and rest in the Lord. Lean yourself upon him. Wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. And then Jeremiah The great prophet Jeremiah that was so persecuted, that was such a warrior for God. Notice what he said in Lamentations. It is good that one should hope and wait. What? We gotta have something going. We gotta have the radio going, the television going. We gotta have the phone going. I've never seen the like of people attached to their phones. It is just amazing to me. I I can't, and I'm not, listen, I'm not against technology. We go to a restaurant, we eat out quite a bit and we go to a restaurant and almost every time there's somebody there, in fact, if there's two people there, they're talking on the phone, not to each other, they're talking to somebody over yonder and they don't even talk to each other. Or they're texting. One of the dumbest Things in the world is to text while you're driving. That's dumb. Don't you get mad at me. I get behind people, they will not move, and I'll say, Carol, they're texting, and I go by and they're. Now that's funny in a way, but it's not funny because people get killed and they kill somebody else, texting. Pull over. Get off the phone and text and get out of my way. <laughs> but we've got to have something going. You know, we've got to be texting, we've got to be talking, we've got to be listening. God, God can't even get between the pages. He can't get between our ears. He can't talk to us. We've got too much going on, but the psalmist said, rest in the Lord, wait patiently for him. Lamentation is as good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. And salvation is more than just being saved. Salvation includes a lot of stuff. Jacob practiced it, Job practiced it, David practiced it, Jeremiah practiced it. The early church, the early disciples, they practiced this. They were told to wait for the promise of the Father. Acts chapter one, verse four. Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica and he said, he described, wait for his son. First Thessalonians chapter one, verse 10. So first of all, we need to know God. Second of all, we need to wait. You want to soar? David Jeremiah along with John Ortberg wrote this. As you study birds, they have three methods of flight. First of all, you have the flapping. I want you to decide when I go through these three, which one you are, okay? Spiritually. First of all, you have flapping wings in constant motion to counteract gravitation. You know how many times a second the Hummingbird wings flap? Seventy times a second. And we get so spiritual oh sometimes, if we don't flap 70 times, we're gonna go down. Flapping. Flapping keeps you up in the air, but it's a lot of work and it's awkward and clumsy business. Now, some of us are staying afloat spiritually simply because we flap. Are you a flapper? And then there's the Gliding. This is, this is a bird that builds up enough speed, goes at it as high as he can, then coasts downward. A lot more graceful than flapping, but unfortunately doesn't get the bird very far. Reality and form of gravity sets in very quickly. So if a bird keeps gliding, it will glide right into the ground. Gliding is nice, but doesn't last. Maybe you're not a flapper, but you're a Glider. You, 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 you flap and you get high and you get high, and oh hallelujah, think of Jesus, and, and all of a sudden you get cold and indifferent, and you're just gliding down and gliding down. If you don't start praying and believing God and reading your Bible, going to church, and see, going to church helps you stay afloat. You say, "I don't feel nothing, I don't enjoy. It. Did you feel anything when you went to school? While that English teacher was teaching you, did you feel anything? Did you enjoy it? But I'll tell you what, it made you learn how to talk and get a job. Are you a flapper? Or are you a glider? Or, listen to this one, soaring. Soaring. Only a few birds like eagles are able to do this. Eagles' wings are so strong, can catch rising currents of warm air, thermal winds from earth. And without moving a feather, can soar up into the greatest of heights. Eagles clock at 80 miles per hour without flapping their wings at all. It's good to see Christians that don't have to flap and glide. I mean, they just, they just pray and fast we're going to do that first of the year. Pray and fast and serve God and they go to church and they, they live for him and they, got, they have those strong wings and they get the undercurrent of the Holy Spirit. That's a thermal Holy Spirit. And all they've got to do is hold out their wings. All they've got to do is trust God and they can soar and they can soar and all of a sudden they go, Eighty miles. An hour right by you say, What's going on? Is that a flapper? No. Is that a glider? No. He's a soarer. God, it's so important. You don't get as tired. We wonder sometimes why we're so emotionally given out, given out, why we're so spiritually exhausted. Why we're so weary. And everything that comes along, the devil, all the devil's got to do is say, pfft. Just blow on you and ho ho ho. Pentecostals, we're something, aren't we? I am a Pentecostal. I believe in being saved. Now, this is what we used to say years ago. I don't say it today because I, I believe in being saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. And I'm not making fun, but it's amazing. Always was amazed at Jacqueline Kennedy. her husband shot right next to her. I won 't go into the gory details of that, that killing. It was awful. And now that and I don 't know anything, didn't know anything of '63 was it, didn't know anything about her relationship with God. And as a young man, I always watched her. I never heard her preach. I never heard her teach. I never heard her say anything about God. I don't know if she prayed. Don't know if she went to church. Maybe maybe they did. I don't know. But I watched her strength. And as I watched her strength, I watched us Pentecostals that I was told as a young man was the greatest thing in the world, and it is. But I watched her as she stood strong. Oh, I know she was the first lady and 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 need called for that. And then I watched spirit filled believers that little things would come along and we'd flour the pieces. We had one couple, one no, families, we had several families come to the church. They were kin. Their mother got sick. And we prayed for that mother to be healed. But she died. They got angry. They got angry at God. They couldn't trust the church anymore. They all left the church. You're gonna die. I preached my mother's funeral. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying, folks, we've got the greatest thing in the world. Let's act like it. Don't let the world outdo us because, you know, There are times, yes, yes, we get low. We get weak. God is calling for people that will dare to stand up and be counted for him. Be strong. And the way we are strong is to know him, to know his character, to know his love, to know his ability. He cares for us and he not only cares, but we ask and we shall receive. We seek and we shall find. I mean, we like to ask and then seek and then knock and not get anything. We need to do those things and get something. I don't want to go to the well and not get something. I don't want to serve God and not get something. I'm not serving him to get, but he promises to give me something. Ask. We need to know God. We need to know his power. And that the nature of that power comes from the Holy Spirit. They that wait upon the Lord, I'm going to sing you a little song, and uh, I'm going to ask our singers if they'll come.